hiya, and welcome back in. It's another fine day here at VG Emporium, and it's another fine day for a grab bag. So I got some tracks here for you that were selected semi-randomly, if that's possible. Mostly originals, as well as a couple of covers, so we're gonna kind of make this kind of a quickie one because uh, my allergies are starting to try to kick back in, and I want to do this before the worst of it starts rolling in. So please excuse me if a, a sniff or any kind of weird sound kind of makes its way in here. I'm going to try to my best to keep it out. So, this funky Sid tune that we came in on was a demo track from Goat Tracker titled I'll Be Pimpin' in Cabrini Green. And in, in the author tab in the tracker it says uh, when I grow up. So I take that as just a continuation of the track's title and, you know, the composer for this is unknown. So you heard me mention Goat Tracker. What is that? It is a tracking program that is Windows and Linux based that uh, is made used for creating SID tunes. And um, it's a pretty uh, pretty in-depth tool for making it. It actually exports dot, you know, dot .sid files that you could actually use in an actual Commodore 64, I think, on an actual SID chip. But um, yeah, how it works is a, um, it's just, like I said, a tracker program. You have the three channels of Wavetable. You have like, uh, you know, the song matrix, which you can like put in like the numbered patterns that you want, the uh, instruments editor, which is pretty straightforward. It's all hexadecimal, so no graphical interface, like as far as like dials or anything like that. And then there's the uh, table matrix of wavetable, the uh, filter, pulse, and the speed of which those things go at. And it's just like this big old thing and you can select those parameters to go inside the uh, instrument editor. And yeah, it's like, you know, back in the late 2000s, I was trying to learn, like, figure out how to use trackers, and this is one of the first ones I found for some reason, and yeah, this is not the best for making that jump from, you know, Fruity Loops and Reason, which are all like, you know, have the graphical piano roll and the, you know, dials and all the knobs and stuff and the different sounds, and yeah, would not recommend doing that. That still didn't stop me from loading up the demo tracks and just listening to them and watching them go and just being mesmerized by how it all worked. And everything like you know, I couldn't make heads or tails of it, and uh, you know, of course, opened up Audacity, put it on stereo mix, and recorded them as they played, so that I could have them on my MP3 player because they were all really good, and I was really into SID tunes at the time. You know, really starting to really dig into like the chip tune stuff. But now let's move it to something that was made in a standard DAW, though it could still be considered chip tune, maybe fake bit, but it's uh, made using the sampled instruments from the SNES. This is Starlight Plateau by Maxo from level 5 of his level music series. Thank you. 
you just listened to Starlight Plateau by Maxo from level 5 of his level music series. So, so what is level music? Who is Maxo? Well, I'll tell you who Maxo is. His real name is Max Coburn. And he is a uh, composer, arranger, electronic musician. And I found him back in 2010, which is, I think, around the time he started. It's like the album I first found was called Fake Bit 2010, which is basically what it is, just fake bit music. And then, like, you know, throughout the years, he's contributed to, like, I Miss You, Earthbound 2012, uh, which is a whole, al- like, arrangement album of Earthbound music. Make music, throw music, a Yoshi Island's tribute, which is basically all music made using the uh, Yoshi's Island, you know, like, sampled instruments and everything from the SNES. And then he's gone on to, like, create a lot of more original music, remixes, arrangements. Uh, like, 2015, he had his first uh, major, like, uh, album release, Chord Slayer. And then from there, he composed music for games like Bum Rush, Sky Chasers, uh, Combo Critters, uh, was involved with a uh, Celeste B-Sides, which is, again, another arrangement album of the music uh, from Celeste. Uh, the most recent games I could, uh, credits I could find for him was for Crossy Road Castle and the soundtrack for his soon-to-be-released uh, Netflix animation Battle Kitty. And all throughout that time, from basically 2010 to 2016, he was doing this whole series called Level Music, which is basically he would release an album of five songs each, like, you know, he would actually release two of at a time, so he started with level A and level N, and it was just all music made using the uh, samples of the SNES music, or more specifically uh, using sound fonts created by this guy, William Kage. And, uh, alright, now let's make some clarifications here. A sound font is a, a file that is a collection of samples that have all, like, the, you know, loop data, all, like, everything just kind of already figured out, so you can just load it up in a DAW, Loaded it like a sound font player, like SFZ, or I, I don't remember, it's been so long since I've used one, but you have access to all these samples, like, you know, it's like a whole sample bank. And you can just use it, not have to worry about, like, you know, editing it or anything, you just, just play with it. But it is, um, the original sounds, though, are all, like I said, samples from, like, the Super Nintendo, which, again, were using samples from, like, synthesizers at the time, or sample, like, you know, like, uh, wave table players, sample things, whatever. So, yeah. The original SNES music, sample-based, and then people can make music with sound fonts made from these samples ripped from the SNES, or even just ripped from those original synths, and loaded into these little sample databases. Yeah, sorry for that little tangent there, it's just, uh, you know, there's a lot of discourse around, like, you know, sound fonts, and, like, people referring to like, stuff from, like, sound chips, so, like, you know, stuff made, like, on the NES or the Sega Genesis as sound fonts on those original chips, which is not true because, like, they are synthesizers. Like, these are synthesizer chips, and then, you know, you can, you know, record samples of these sounds being made by the chips and then make a sound font from that, but the original sounds aren't sound font-based. It's just, you know, some clarification for the, for some of the youngins that only know these sounds from sound fonts. You know, nothing against them, nothing against sound fonts, you know, they're really cool tools to use in, like, modern music making for, you know, those that really can't use, like, say, a tracker program that emulates these sound chips. You know, it gives them easy access to that stuff, or, you know, for SNES music, there's not really an easy way to make it, you know, if you wanted to export it to an SPC file and, you know, load it into a ROM and then put it on a, you know, cart and, like, play it on an actual hardware, as unless you use, like, Mod Plug Tracker using those samples and then export it, put it through, like, a weird program, like, a program that turns it into, like, a SP, a SPC file, or, um, yeah, uh, there's a couple trackers out there, like, GSS, 
tracker and uh, SNES tracker, but SNES tracker is currently halted, like halted development, and it's you know buggy. And the GSS is just really weird to use. As far as making SNES music in a DAW, there is another option. You know, if you don't want to hunt down for sound fonts, because like you know, William Kage's website has pretty you know a lot of them, but it's not like you know all these sounds that you may be looking for a specific one. There's a uh, plugin called uh, C700, which is a uh, you know you can take an SPC file, an actual like SNES music file, you know from the individual like you know level music that you want, and it has a certain maybe a certain instrument in there that you don't hear in the other parts of the game or whatever. You can load it into this plugin, and it'll actually give you all the samples from this entire like you know music file even the sound effects and you can play with those and it's actually pretty comprehensive it, like emulates the uh, like the SPC 700 pretty well and uh, you know you can uh, like it gives you like the options for all the echo and you know loop controls and everything and it's and and the filter and everything and it's pretty cool like you know I've used it for making a couple things and you know I like it Preferably over uh, sound fonts because it gives you a lot more of that uh, authentic control over it Now back to this level music. So, you know, Maxo started out using all these sounds Including the percussion, but then at some later in the later levels he decided to start using I think he's I saw in a note Battery by Native Instruments, which is like, you know, a pretty comprehensive like a uh, drum machine drum something rather pat like heavy-duty plug-in which is the percussion that I just heard in this track. And I would definitely recommend you go check it all out. I mean, there's like 23 of them. So that's 115 tracks right there. Full original tracks, you know, five songs per album, plus a, uh, you know, a best of album he did, and then an album all made up of like remixes by other musicians of, you know, the time. So like, you know, nowhere to name one. Uh, I believe Flo Floor Baba as well. And then uh, he did a whole album called Level Music Purchase, which is uh, based like based off all these areas on this campus of uh, the school that he went to called Purchase, I believe. And he did as like a as like an actual project for one of his classes. So that's even more music. I think there's like over 40 tracks of that. So that's like you know over 150, maybe only nearly 200 tracks alone, and with like you know within like you know six years. Uh, madness. So yeah, I'm gonna be linking that in the show notes to like the Bandcamp where he has all of this music at. Cause I would definitely recommend you go listen to it. And now things are gonna get a little buzzy around here, cause we're gonna be listening to a cover from the ZX Spectrum. What is that? It's called Axel Funk by Factor Six, a cover of Axel F, originally composed by Harold Faltermeyer for Beverly Hills Cop.
That was Axel Funk by Factor 6, a cover of Axel F, the theme song for Beverly Hills Cop, originally composed by Harold Faltermeyer. And this tune was made using the AY38910 chip, specifically from the uh, ZX Spectrum, the 128K. How am I sure of this? Well, the fellow who did this song, Factor 6, real name Alan Bastian Witkowski, um, is part of a group called AY Writers, which is a group that uh, focuses specifically on making the AY music on the ZX Spectrum. And also due to the fact that this song is from a compilation called ZX Spectrum is Alive, released by 8-Bit Peoples. So Factor 6 has primarily been involved in making demo music for the ZX Spectrum using that AY chip, as well as, you know, the Amiga. And then as for the song Axel F that it is covering, uh, you know, what adult nowadays who did it, who grew up in the 90s and 80s, like, doesn't know this song. It was from, you know, Beverly Hills Cop, and it's just, like, such a iconic and memorable tune. I mean, just that opening, just those opening synths that a little set off just the whole song going in my head. So a little more history, when I was initially starting to dive into, like, the whole world of, like, original chip tunes and stuff, I was finding out, like, you know, I was liking the Sid chip, the uh, AY stuff, like, all this really crazy buzzy stuff I'd, like, never heard before. And, you know, this is before my taste started gearing towards the FM stuff, so... I'm not just a one-trick pony when it comes to video game music and chiptunes. I like it all. It's just right now I'm really into FM stuff. That's my that's my cup of tea. But ah, this grab bag isn't just full of chips. It's also full of some Digifusion here. So up next I got Meteor Shower Pro by Joshua Morse.
That was Meteor Shower Pro by Joshua Morse, part of the compilation album Magnetic Sumo, released by PauseNet Label in 2010. And Joshua Morse, oh, where do I start with this guy? He's uh, a bit of a powerhouse, this one, as far as the uh, you know online video game music and like original like chiptune community. I think he's like one of the pioneers of the genre that is called digital fusion, which is basically like, you know, you know, jazz fusion, which is like, you know, jazz and rock and prog rock and all these things put together and played live, you know, since and all. But instead, it's programmed using like, you know, like digital synths and like video game sounds, like actually using, implementing like, you know, either Sega Genesis, Super Nintendo, NES, whatever, like all these sounds that, you know, we grew up with in the 90s and 80s and just slapping it in together and creating like these awesome just like soundscapes of just nostalgic madness while also being like this totally new thing that you've never heard before and it's always and it's constantly evolving like the uh you know, definition of digital fusion is just always well not definition but just like the sound it's encompasses all these different things and it's always evolving always changing so it's not just one set thing which is really the cool thing about it and joshua is truly a pioneer in just like music composition because you know He's out to prove that, you know, not all jazz is just elevator music and not all video game music is just like these bleeps and bloops, just simplicity thing. You know, kind of started out like in the mid-2000s, contributing to a lot of like remix albums and whatnot, like, you know, OC remix and everything. Like, the first thing he contributed to was Bound Together, an Earthbound remix project in 2005. And then would go on to actually start creating his own original musics, of course, and uh, his first major one was uh, Waveform, which is a combination of like... Just like all these different like FM synths that he just had and just made and they were all just kind of like geared towards his nostalgia of playing Sega Genesis and would just keep on going on to like you know creating original albums doing a lot of arrangements and then eventually would uh you know come up to doing this for Magnetic Sumo and uh yeah I mean there's just so much he contributed to uh Sound Shock 2 FM Funk Terror go back to episode uh nine for that and then you know continue to do more waveforms which are all just like, you know, combinations of like, you know, Sega Genesis, SNES, uh, NES. He had like one song that he kept coming back to called Turtle Wave, which is just like this theme he made that kind of vaguely, um, you know, like brought up the images of like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And he just kind of like rearranged it for each album. It's really damn cool. He's also composed music for video games, so to name a few, he did Onslaught, Lunchbug, uh, Lava Blade, and uh, Lizard's Wizard. And uh, most recently, his like most recent like cur uh, original compositions in these things called Chipset, which again is fusing like the sounds of the Sega Genesis and the SNES, but then playing them through, a, like you know, like recording them onto a like cassette tape to get like that nice warm warbly fuzzy sound, and it's all just like this really cool just like New Jack swing sound, and I would highly go recommend you go listen to it. I'm gonna link his website on the show notes. And you go listen to his music because it's just so good. And now I'm going to bring this down to a close. The last item in the grab bag. And what is it? It's another uh, chiptune D-Make cover. What of? Well, I'm about to tell you. Now listen here. You listen. You listening? Okay, here we go. This is Square Pusher theme. Originally by Square Pusher from his first album, Feed Me Weird Things. Uh, arranged into an NES tune by Bob.
of a Square Pusher theme, NES cover, by Bob. Originally programmed and performed by Square Pusher for his album, Feed Me Weird Things. And as you can hear right here, folks, that humble 2A03 is fully capable of recreating some good drum and bass. Now, how did Bob do this, you ask? Well, seeing as, uh, according to the NSF, this was made in 2003, two years before Famitracker was even, like, re released to the public. They most likely just wrote this in uh, MML, Music Macro Language, and then fed it through a driver to get that tasty NSF file that we're listening to right now. And as to who Bob is, I don't know. All I know is he's got his own folder in the covers folder of the uh, 2A03 Archive 3.0, which is just chocked full of countless NSF files, both originals and covers, by so many peoples, a lot of them unnamed. And just like the budding dork I was, I, you know, played them all through this program, GNSF, which is I'm still using today. And, uh, you know, exported them as WAVE, put them into Audacity, edited them to edited them to be able to, you know, loop twice and then fade out, exported to MP3, burned them all into CDs! This is before I got my MP3 player. And then I put them on my MP3 player after I got that. But still, on my CDs, I had, I had CDs, just countless CDs of just like 8-bit music, you know, chiptune music, video game music, just all this music I was finding just like through the internet. It was great. I had like maybe two books of it. I don't know where they are right now. I still have some, but I don't know where the rest are. Now let me ask you a question. Do you know Square Pusher? Ah, a joke. A good one. I laugh. Well, uh, Square Pusher, real name Thomas Jenkinson, along with a few others like Autecker, Apex Twin, Phoenician Snares, were all just like these pioneers just pushing electronic music into like these new realms that had never been in before. You know, a lot of them taking inspirations from like, yes, elements of jungle and drum and bass and just combining them with like, you know, complex melodies, like weird, like, you know, taking the drum and bass and jungle beats and like cutting them up even more and just making them like all the more intricate, adding, yeah, just Jay's melodies and like weird electronic stuff and just like, you know, craziness and just creating this whole new genre that people labeled IDM, Intelligent Dance Music, but it's way more than that. And Square Pusher is uh, definitely went more into like the jazz side of it, much more melodic stuff. And um, yeah, I found his like his um, his stuff was like kind of geared more towards my taste of this kind of music. You know, it's like um, you know I like Apex uh, Twin, uh, Venetian Snare. It can be a little more harsh at times. You know, Autechre is real. You know, kind of a little bit more um, kind of all over the place. Kind of like you know kind of ambient, a little more calmer, but then there's something like Grand's Graf, which is like just pure awesome noise. And it just like, you know, opened up this new like, just doorways in my head, because like I was starting to discover my beatbox style, which was mostly influenced by, you know, video game music and like, you know, kind of standard drum and bass music I was listening to at the time. And then hearing, you know, Square Pushers music, uh, my introduction being Ultra Visitor, which is like this just insane, you know, for at the time for me, insane just sounding thing. And it, you know, like I said, it blew my style, and uh, I can now with my mouth do something like this. I don't have 
quite the proper mic, and my mouth is dry from uh, my allergies kind of kicking in, but you know, hey, that's what I can do. There you have it, Square Pusher, another in the list of folks that influenced my beatboxing that weren't related to beatboxing at all. Ah, before I bring the show to a close, uh, let me explain as to uh, what's going on with this track here. So, you know, we got the square waves doing, like, the chords and everything, and then we got the triangle doing the bass sound, but the drums? It's a combination of, like, a bass drum DP for the uh, sample channel, and then the rest of the percussion is just the noise, just like, you know, just just doing this crazy thing. So yeah, and actually that kind of uh, kind of like helpfully or helpfully kind of like segues into what we uh, next week's episode we're gonna be making a dive back into the uh, NES's sound chip, more particularly the uh, the 2A03's APU. Gonna be looking at uh, at the suggestion of Bedroth, a very very good ma- music podcast and BG Media. He suggested that I uh, do the same thing I did for the uh, Famicom expansion chip Extravaganza, except with Western composers mostly of the European variety and, you know, how they dealt with the limitations of the NES sound chip. So, that'll be next week's episode. It's going to be fun. It's going to be cool. And, uh, hopefully I don't, hopefully I don't let you all down. All right. Hope you enjoyed this, uh, grab bag. And, um, yeah. Thank you again for coming into VG Emporium, where you can find all your VGM needs, be it, you know, you know, like the standard stuff you're looking for, or some obscurities that you didn't know about. Who knows? And, uh, yeah, you can find it on all of the, you know, podcatchers, like, you know, Apple, Google, Stitcher, Amazon, Spotify, and then, you know, social medias like Twitter and Instagram, as well as myself, Rage Cage, on all these social medias. And, you know, where I'll be occasionally be posting my original chip tunes and my beatboxing, hopefully, of, um, better quality when when my face isn't trying to explode and implode on itself so yeah thank you again for coming into vg emporium and have yourselves a good rest of your day